Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. How you doing, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'll tell you, I'm pretty fired up, Shane. We've been talking some of the heavyweights in the SEC, Tennessee on Monday, Bama on Tuesday. Bandy so on Wednesday, we, baby. <laughs> no, we're talking them dogs, oh, Shane. Georgia ooh. Bulldogs trying to go three for three. Kirby Smart says we're built to sustain. We'll get all into it, Shane, but I'm t- I'm fired up, Shane, to, to dedicate an hour here to them dogs. How you doing, brother? Like they ain't got enough spotlight. You know what I'm saying? They, they're they still doing victory laps out there, taking cruises and having fun. It's just, it's just been a hell of a summer for them Georgia Bulldogs and the fans. Brother, I'm excited. I'm pumped up. Uh, <laughs> a little tired, I'm going to tell you, last night. I'm standing at the new Bucky's in Sevierville, right? All right, so this, if you don't know what Bucky's is, where have you been? It's all over. <laughs> Google Auburn. All right. It's 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 a popular <laughs> gas station, whatever. But the largest one in the country was built right here in my back my backyard. And I said, you know, honey, it opened today. Let's drive up there and, and go see this thing, you know. Who we could stand in there with all them other tour ons and say, you know what? We are the we were the first ones here. In the largest Bucky's in the entire world, you know. And uh, <laughs> side note, asterisk: Texas is building one currently that is larger than ten- that's it's, 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 it's a pattern. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, I'm standing in front of this beaver, and we're getting our picture made, and, and I'm saying, "Oh my God!" If 24 year old Shane told four, you know, said, "Hey, when you hit 40, you're going to stand beside a beaver at a gas station off the 407 exit, and you're going to be excited about it. I'm, I would think I made some serious mistakes in my life, Mike, but we had a hell of a time. And if you've never been in one, do it. I spent $90 at a gas station and did not get gas. <laughs> you know? Oh, what kind of scam they running, man? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to top that. I don't know how to transition from that, but uh, that little sidebar, that encapsulates this show better than anything. We got some Georgia Bulldogs to talk, but before that, Shane, I did want to make a note. Man, tragedy has struck the SEC once again, you know, twice here in a a week's time. Uh, Just as we were sitting here to record, this news broke, so I don't really have a lot of details, but apparently this has been confirmed that uh, Ryan Mallett, former mm-hmm. standout Arkansas quarterback, has passed away only 35 years old, Shane. I, it sounds like uh, some kind of drowning incident. So thoughts and prayers out to his family, the Razorback family there. Just, yeah, man, by many accounts, the greatest quarterback in Arkansas history, gone tragically well, well before his time. Yeah, man, I, I, I truly hate to hear it. And you, and you know, you hear these wild stories. Uh, another Arkansas great, you had Peyton Hillis not too long ago out there in the water. It's like, you, you know, sometimes I, 
I, I don't know that we don't know the details and stuff like that, but it, it does kind of quit. It makes you question water sometimes, man, because these guys were a lot better shape than we are, you know? And, um, uh, right. I truly hate to hear this, especially for that family and Arkansas family, uh, truly devastating. So, I mean, at such a young age, man, young, I mean, there's just so many, it's a young family and, and those are always the toughest, man. You know, you get somebody oh, at the yeah. tail end of their life that's lived a good life. You know, there was a lot of life to live here. So I, I just hate to hear that, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's tough to move on from that, Shane, but we got to do it because we promise we're going to get to these Georgia Bulldogs, Shane. And as always, let's quick recap of last season. And <laughs> I do the first game, Shane. I, I do all by Georgia preseason talk was, was in trouble because they came right out yeah. 49-3 against Oregon. If you remember that matchup, I mean, they look like a machine. They look like they were better. And I was sitting here saying, how in the hell is this possible? Well, it turned out they were basically better than they were the year prior on their way to back-to-back national championships. Remember, Shane, I'm the idiot. I said, week three on the road, South Carolina, that's the game. I, I think they're going to be Steve, They're going to be rebuilding. Yeah. Well, they they rebuilt the 48-7 to win on that one. Beat Tennessee, number one Tennessee at the time, 27-13. Maybe the game of the year beat Ohio State in the playoff, 42-41. And oh yeah, TCU sixty-five to seven. They they took their foot off the gas in the second quarter and still won by fifty points in the national championship game. Man, these these dogs are impressive, dude. I'm telling you, I I, I mean, I, I, going through so many years of Alabama dynasties, it's like oh well, I can't wait till we move on, and then they create something different, and it's meaner and uglier and. <laughs> loaded and it's just oh man I can't it's closer to home you know it's like uh maybe you gotta be careful what you wish for sometimes here Mike and and if you are a Georgia Bulldog fan I, I tell you brother you I'm not saying you deserve it but I mean the 1980 jokes that went on forever man you know and, and to to put right. back-to-back seasons together like like they did in a dominating fashion I mean, you, you're. This is moving you quickly up the list of the greatest programs uh, ever. So I, I think you're you're on cloud nine and you're ready to three peat. I mean, when's the last time that happened, Mike? You know, so these guys are ready to win. They they they're starting a streak, man. I mean, they got a streak going of undefeated, and they're gonna they want to continue that. Right. And to answer your question, Shane. Three-peat has never been done in the AP poll era, Gee. and I believe that's 1940 forward. I, Minnesota, I think, was the last one to do it in like 36, 37, and 38. <laughs> so, <laughs> were they all at home and nobody could get there? Is that what it was back in the day? Yeah, the wagons playing, couldn't make it up north? <laughs> they were playing with a round ball. They couldn't that's pass right. the ball. You know what I mean? So it, it was a different sport all back then. All juiced up. So, yeah. They're cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different sport back then, yeah. no doubt, Shane. But big reason, well, the main reason that Georgia is on top, Shane, and it's none other than Kirby Smart, yeah. the man driving this uh, Georgia train here. He's 81-15 and 15 in seven seasons, Shane. Incredible record. 8-2 and two in bowl games. 48-13 and 13 against SEC opponents. Look, just listen to this list, Shane. Seven and zero against Kentucky and Missouri. Six and one against Auburn, and South Carolina and Tennessee. Six and one against all of them. 
Vanderbilt five and one should be six and one, but they backed out of the the COVID year because they didn't want to get beat down. Yeah. So really should be six and one. Florida five and two. Mississippi State three and zero. Arkansas two and zero. A and M one and zero. Bama one and four. But he beat them in the one that counted. <laughs> Chain national championship. LSU finally got that uh, streak snap last year. Just destroyed them in the SEC championship. He's one and two against LSU, and he'll get to vindicate himself, say the one team he's not beating in the SEC, Ole Miss, 0-1, but they're coming to Athens to get that <laughs> smack down this year. So, hey, you think Kirby's going to be motivated to, to get that W over the one team he does not have a W over? You bet your ass he's going to be fired up for that one. You know what? Absolutely, Mike. And, you know, one of the best things about this team last year was when they were dialed in, when they were focused and there was something on the line, they just destroyed the other opponent. When it was me versus you, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if it was put on a platform, because you got to remember that Oregon game was put on a platform. There was a lot of talking heads out there saying, hey, Georgia better watch out here. Tennessee, I mean, come on. It ain't loud down there in Athens, you know. This Again, (laughs) you put them on blast and they come – I think when you're looking at the TCU is the last example. This is the national championship. You talk about yep. a complete game. That's exactly what they had there. But there were a handful of games that I guess they just overconfident, ill-prepared, but I think it was later used for ammunition in some of these other games. And I'm talking the Mizzou. I'm talking the mm-hmm. – the uh, what's the other one? Ohio State. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some of these games, they just say, hey, we're going to beat these guys. Let's just get to the natty. You know what I'm saying? I feel like <laughs> at times that's what almost caught Georgia. But when I say almost, I'm talking just staying within two scores almost, you know, staying within a score almost. So it, that was yep. a that was a victory against Georgia last year was just not getting your ass ran out of town. <laughs> and I forgot, Shane. Home and away record for Kirby. I wanted to give a shout out to this because this is, I think, the true mark. You can tell you got an elite coach when his road record is essentially the same as his home record. Thirty-four and four at home, just outstanding. Twenty-one and three in conference play at home, but on the road chain, twenty-six and four. So the same number of losses. Twenty-two and four in conference play on the road. Twenty-two and four. My. Goodness, Shane. He's he's got more away wins. He's got home wins at this oh point in time. Oh God! Just keep crowding them, Mike. Just keep crowding. I forget this was a Homer podcast, you know. Uh, Gators. Here they are. They had Tennessee that one day. They got Georgia the next. That, we. I mean, they're just out there. I'm just. I'm. I'm messing with them. I give them a hard time, but yeah. No, this is this is a very impressive. And you know, and what's impressive is it's not a. It's not a Cinderella season. Last year wasn't a Cinderella season. This is a continuation. This is a program right. that continues to reload. So that's that's mm-hmm. the craziest part about this Georgia team. And the only notable coaching change, of course, Shane, is you know Todd Munkin mm-hmm. off to the NFL. He's back with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Outstanding offensive coordinator. I'm not trying to take away from anything he did because I think that's the best hire Kirby's ever made he's made some outstanding I mean hell he's got about three four guys he's hired that are now head coaches so he's made a lot of good hires Todd Munkin was the best of the bunch and now he's elevated Mike Bobo so I think for the rest of the SEC Shane this is the only hope that the Georgia dynasty is coming to the end is, is if Bobo is is not 
that good of an offensive coordinator. But for the life of me, Shane, I can't understand these people that think Bobo is not a good offensive coordinator, Shane. He was already on Georgia staff last mm-hmm. year, and they asked Todd Munkin, Who's, who should we replace? Who's the best guy to replace you? He said, the guys that already in-house, Mike Bobo, you got to elevate this guy. He was at Auburn in 2021. And people just think, Brian Harson, what a disaster. But you got to remember, Shane, Auburn that year, in November, controlled their own fate to win the West, and what mm-hmm. happened? The defense fell apart, and Bo Nix broke his ankle. Yeah. And remember, this is the same same guy coached up T.J. Finley. They they had Alabama beat. Yeah. Uh, Tank Bigsby ran out of bounds. Remember that? So, again, the, the offense was not the problem when he was at Auburn. Same deal, South Carolina. He was offense coordinator 2020. They fired Will Muschamp's ass when uh, Lane Kiffin put up 60 on them yeah. in that game. That was the clipboard game. That's, that was on the defense, Shane. They had a quarterback that was a shootout. by the name of – Yeah. It was a shootout. They had a quarterback by the name of Colin Hill, who – you have to Google this right <laughs> now if you're listening to this show. Who the hell's Colin Hill? Well, he was a guy they – that was South Carolina's starting quarterback. <laughs> and remember, they had uh, Kevin Harris at running back. And, hey, Shane Beamer's done a hell of a job. But remember – when Bobo left, Kevin Harris was never the same. So, I mean, no. he got a hell of a lot of production out of that South Carolina What offense. was that quarterback's name again? There. I done forgot. Colin Hill was his oh, name. He's running to Staples over there in Columbia now, ain't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, before that, he was Colorado State head coach. Georgia yeah. OC quarterback coach. I mean, this guy has got an outstanding track record. Some of his quarterbacks, Shane Aaron Murray, all-time leading passer in SEC history. You may have heard of him. Matt Stafford, number one overall pick. And David Green, who doesn't get the credit yeah. he deserves for an outstanding quarterback. So, I mean, this this is a, an impressive, impressive resume. Uh, he's coached 92 games as the offensive coordinator at Georgia, Shane. 57 of those times. They scored 30 or more, so over half, 40 or more, 29 times, and 50 or more, 13. Who, who is this? Josh Eiffel <laughs> running the offense over here? I mean, this is ridiculous. They got the players. Yep. Mike Bobo will be a, a solid offensive coordinator for Georgia, and that's all they need because they got the best damn defense in the country. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. And, again, we're not looking to reinvent the wheel. It's not like he brought into a, a messed-up situation here a lot of times. When you look at what Mike has done through the years, he was fixing problems. Here he's just right. he's just maintaining the current trajectory of this, of this, uh, this football team. So mm-hmm. I would like to see a little bit more of his flair on there. I love that there's a little bit of a quarterback competition here. You know, Mike knows quarterbacks hell i was watching a uh i do these highlights with the big orange walks and i'm watching one the other day that's got mike bobo and uh kirby smart going against peyton manning you know so it's like oh yeah i forgot they were on the same team so no this this guy's well familiar knows how to play the game knows what's expected down there in athens this job is not too big for him and and i i'm with you mike i think this was a a, this is a sleeper hire and then here in a couple of years mike's going to land another opportunity in the in the college football world as a head coach right i mean i i think kirby just goes to him and says hey bobo give me Give me 21 points per game, and we'll we'll beat everybody with this defense we got. That's in Athens. it, man. You know what? Yeah, when you man, I mean, this is the best. This is the best group he's ever had to work with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. God, he's sleeping good tonight. 
<laughs> All right, Shane, let's get to the returning production for them dogs this season. On offense, 52% of the production is back. That ranks 13th in the SEC. So next to last, but again, Alabama and Georgia, the, I mean, this stat is basically irrelevant to them because they're so loaded. Only 6% of the passing is back, though, <laughs> thanks to Stetson Bennett now with the L.A. Rams. Carson Beck at 310 yards. He's our leading returner. Uh, rushing yards, 66% of the rushing is back. Dejon Edwards, 769 yards last year, number two on the team. Receiving yards, 62% with the man Brock yeah. Bowers. He led the way with 942 last season. And three starters are back on the offensive line chain. The, the interior of that line is what's back. They're replacing both tackles, but they're doing it with a couple five stars. So I hate crying for Georgia <laughs> on that offensive line. You know what? <laughs> Absolutely no. Again, we're reloading here with Georgia. Some of these guys that are becoming the starters now were the ones that were backing up last year and got plenty of playing time. So yep. yeah, they're in no trouble. Now the defense here's where they're really going to shine, Shane, because they got seventy percent of the production back, fourth most in the SEC. They were already the best defense in the SEC. Now they're top four in returning production. Four of their five top tacklers are back. Uh, 55% of the sacks from last season and just 41% of the interceptions are back. But very, very loaded. We'll get to the defensive side here in a minute. But uh, ranking the position groups was damn near impossible because you could convince me of any three of the positions being the strongest. Uh, there is no weakness on this defense. No, no weakness at all. I mean, this is again, this is what we've we've started to come accustomed to, man. When you think of great defense, you're going to constantly compare them to the Georgia Bulldogs, right? So let's focus uh, next, Shane, on the transfers. We always start with the outgoing first, and Georgia actually had a lot transfer out, Shane, but I don't think most of these guys are contributors. So I'm just going to go with uh, in order of of their importance. A.D. Mitchell, the receiver, he's off to Texas. I think that's the biggest blow. You know, hero of uh, two national championship games. But he was he barely played last year because he was banged up. So how big of a loss is that? That's fair to question. Bear Alexander, the defensive lineman of Southern Cal, he wasn't even going to start. But, I mean, <laughs> five-star, again, you, you see, I mean, Georgia's they lose some talent, but yeah. it's just because they're so absolutely loaded. These guys can't even get on the field chain, yet – yeah, Texas and Southern Cal are begging them, giving them NIL deals. Please come to our school. Please help our program. We're at Georgia. They they won't even notice these guys are gone. You know what? Absolutely. And part of the reason why they're so talented because they're constantly competing with other guys that can start at other schools, you know? Right. Now, we they did lose linebacker Tresman Marshall. Again, he, career backup. He's at Alabama, though, so he's very talented. Uh, Jameer Singletary, we've mentioned him before, the corner. He's at Arkansas now. I, I think he'll be a player for Arkansas. Arik Gilbert, tight end, just never <laughs> never lived up to that potential. He's at Nebraska now. Had he lived up to the potential, I mean, this would have been a significant loss, but I think he only had like six catches in his entire crazy. career. You know what? I, I, I Dude, I, I hope he gets it together. I mean, what is this, four schools? I mean, he's – He's been all over the place, and, and it feels like it's it's now or never. So I wish him the best of luck here in Nebraska. Right. And then all the other pieces, basically non-factors, Shane. We didn't have to bring in many at Georgia, but we yeah. brought in some good ones, Shane, starting 
with Dominique Lovett from Missouri, star slot receiver. I believe he was number two in the SEC in in regular season receiving yards with uh, 846 yards last year, 15 yards per catch. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, Only three touchdowns, but I think that was a factor of uh, the quarterback play being average at best at Missouri. Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State, he's their most talented receiver. 62 catches, 878 yards, 12 touchdowns in his two seasons at Mississippi State. Both of these guys could be instant impact players, and that that's saying something for the national champions here. Smoke Bowie, the defensive back, former five-star, was at A&M last year, four tackles, barely got on the field, but now he's back to be a nice depth piece in Athens. And then Lenith Whitehead, former Tennessee running back, uh, 207 rushing yards and two touchdowns in three seasons at Tennessee. That's that's the entire list of who we brought in. But again, Georgia could bring in whoever the hell they wanted. They yeah. just they didn't have a, whole, a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, or scholarships to offer. So <laughs> they they <laughs> that's just what they do. And uh, uh, I, again, I like what they got. Some of the pieces and we'll talk about here in a minute. But they went out. They addressed a few areas, and we're talking deep man i mean their their program is completely loaded but there was a couple of pieces that could really make an instant impact and that's what they did Mm -hmm. all right so as for the recruiting class shane it was a down year to be quite honest with you in georgia the number two recruiting class (laughs) in the country number two of course in the sec signed a number of five stars i'm kidding with saying it's a down class of course uh the number three edge defender in the entire country damon wilson number three linebacker raylan wilson number three safety joel aguaro number four defense alignment jordan hall number five offensive tackle monroe freeling and then a couple four-stars that I'm already hearing great things about, Shane. The number three corner in the country, A.J. Harris. Number three linebacker, excuse me, number five linebacker, C.J. Allen. Number eight tight end, Lawson Lucky. And the number eight edge defender, Samuel Pembois. All these guys have the talent to get on the field. And I'm just throwing this one to the mix, Shane, because at Georgia, we do not cut corners. Give me the number one kicker. They're bringing him to Peyton Woodring. <laughs> you can never have enough good kickers on a roster. You know what? Absolutely. Oh, Woodring. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> he may start immediately. <laughs> All right, as for the position breakdown, Shane, I'm doing this one just for you, and I'm doing it for Brock Bowers because tight end is at the top hey! of the list in Georgia. <laughs> Brock Bowers, he's the best in the game. He may be the best player. Not tight end, best player in the entire country. And he may have been the last two seasons. He was He's that dominant as a receiver, as a blocker. Uh, just I mean, the guy's got a, a motor that, that is just legendary down there in Athens. Spoiler alert, he's a 99 on my, on my ratings list here. Oscar Delp, super sophomore's back. And then uh, our guy Rusty, he says, keep your eye on this loss and lucky, Shane. They also got another freshman coming in, Pierce Sperlin. They love these six foot seven tight ends. Six foot seven, two hundred forty pounds. Sperling is here, so monster, monster tight end. Yeah. So not worried at all getting rid of Eric and, uh, uh, of course, Washington. You know, I mean, they did lose some talent, some serious talent in, in that room. So you're still you're still good with keeping this at the one spot. Shane, we don't rebuild in Athens. We just reload. So, no, no concern at all from me. 
Here we finally got tight ends. I'm trying to pull them back down here. So no, I'm with you here. All right, offensive line next on my list, Shane. The best center in the SEC, Cedric Van Pran is back. Yeah. Uh, Xavier Truss at left guard. Tate Ratledge at right guard. Ugh. Anchors. Yeah. Anchors on that uh, offensive line. And again, I, I realize we're replacing both tackles, but we're doing it with former five stars, Amarius Mims and Ernest Green. Yeah. And how about Mims, Shane? Look at this monster. Six foot seven, 330 pounds. Oh, my God. <laughs> And he was he couldn't get on the field because you know why? Because both their tackles are in the NFL last year. So, man, we, we are it reminds just... me of my prom date. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. And Shane, we got some quality backups: Micah Morris, Austin Blasky, Dylan Fairchild, Chad Lindbergh. I mean, these are all touted guys. Who? Yeah, it's just it's just not their time yet. I'm sure they'll see the field this fall, but an offensive line is going to be a significant strength for the dogs this fall absolutely especially that interior man a lot of push up front them big boys i gave ratledge a hard time you know because i still think about that sticker getting pulled off but you know i'm getting over it just it's gonna take a while you know maybe after a few years while he's in the nfl i may look overlook it all right next i got the receivers shade i mean this should give you an idea of how stacked georgia is that they're this low down the list lad mcconkey back maybe the most underrated player in the entire yeah. country marcus rosemey st jack I, he's been in college for 20 years i think uh arian smith who made the big play in the national championship yeah. game that sparked georgia he's back jackson meeks makai muse dylan bell young guy stepping up uh chandler smith Another one. And then, oh, yeah, transfers, Dominique Lovett, rah-rah Thomas, two of the best players in all the SEC last year. <laughs> Throw them all in the mix. Woo. Very. This is, this is the best receiving core I think Kirby's had. Absolutely, man. I really love Lovett especially. Um, that's a kid that at times was the – I mean, hell, I mean, if you watch the Georgia game, Last year, it, that if it, it was because of love, and if he didn't get banged up, yep. Lord knows what how that thing would have ended. And Kirby probably just said, "Hell, I don't want to face him anymore." Come right. on down to Athens. <laughs> <laughs> Next, I got the running backs: Shane Kendall, Milton, former five star. He's been banged up a lot of his time, but this is his year to shine. Dejon Edwards has been very solid for the dogs. Branson Robinson, one of the top running backs in the in the country last year. He's back for his sophomore season. Uh, Savion Clark, Andrew Paul, deep, talented. The dogs, they're going to be running the ball a lot this fall, I feel like, and uh, these are the guys that are going to be leading that charge. Yeah, man, absolutely. This is, a, again, a loaded, loaded room, and that's – it seems like a common thing. I don't know how many fancy ways I could say it, Mike. They they got talent everywhere. Oh, and I forgot to mention, Shane, they just added the number 14 running back, Roger Robinson. So throw him onto the mix. Let's see if he can get him some carries. He'll get plenty of carries against uh, some of these non-conference opponents, no doubt. So that means quarterbacks are last, Shane. And this is not an indictment on them. It's just, you know, we've not seen them in, in much meaningful yeah. action. Well, we got three guys, including two former five stars. So this is ridiculous depth. Carson Beck, Brock Vandegriff, and Gunnar Stockton. You can win with any of these guys. Uh, you know, they assume it'll be Carson Beck, but I think it's smart of Kirby not to name him a starter. You know, make him earn it. I mean, what, why, why hand him anything? Let him earn it through summer, into training camp. Uh, there's no wrong answer here. No, and it's it is interesting how he's playing that out as like it is a quarterback comp, 
competition. In fact, during spring, he talked about Gunner sometimes more than he did Beck. And and I, I like that approach because this is a league where injuries happen and you don't want to have just one guy. You want to have a multitude of them. So uh, this is a loaded room. It's a talented room, unproven. And I think if we'll get to camp questions here in a minute, the only one I have on this side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So the defense, Shane, again, any any position group is the right answer. But I'm going defensive backs leading the way. Yeah. Uh, Javon Bullard is back. He was the defensive MVP against Ohio State in TCU National Championship game. Outstanding player. Malachi Starks he may have been the best freshman safety in the entire country back for a second year. Kamari Lasseter, all three of those guys started last year. Uh, Dalen Everett and Nylon Green, they'll be battling out for the other starter mm-hmm. spot. But depth is always critical. Tyke Smith, he's another one, Shane. I didn't realize he's still on the team. He's been on the team for about four or five seasons, it seems like. Dan Jackson's back. Julian Humphrey. Smoke Bowie, the transfer from A&M. And, oh, yeah, A.J. Harris, freshman. Justin Rett, another All-American freshman. Throw him into the mix. Very deep, very talented group here. Secondary looking good, Mike. Secondary looking real good. And there's some – I mean, there's some heavy hitters over there. Mm-hmm. Potential Hall of Famers in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, that that is a scary, scary group back there. Nobody's going to want to throw – it's, it's going to be like sharks, you know, and chum in the water if you put that thing in the air. So, yeah, loaded room. Defensive line, I got them next, Shane. Easily, you can argue this is the best group. But, again, we're splitting hairs here. Michael Williams, former five-star, he's back. Led the team, uh, leading returning tackler in sacks. Nazir Stackhouse is back, another starter. Outstanding depth, Shane. Incredible. Warren Brinson, Zion Logue, uh, Tyron Ingram Dawkins, Trammell Walthrop, and Jonathan Jefferson. All those guys played. They're all back. And, oh, yeah, number four defense alignment, Jordan Hall. Number 18 defense alignment, Jamal Jarrett. Add them into the mix, Shane. Let's get them some third-string reps, which means they'll be playing in about half the SEC games probably. Absolutely. You're just begging them not to transfer to Alabama, you know? (laughs) So last but not least, certainly not least, Shane, linebackers, because we got some starters back here. Essentially all three starters are back. Jamon Dumas-Johnson's back. Smile Munden's back, and Chaz Chambliss, who stepped up for Nolan Smith when he went down. That's why I say that all the starters are back. And, oh, yeah, a couple five stars behind them, Shane. Marvin Jones, Xavier Sori, uh, Darius Smith, Jalen Walker. And, oh, yeah, a couple more five-star freshmen to add to the mix. Damon <laughs> Wilson, Samuel Pimba, uh Raylan Wilson, and Troy Bowles, Shane, who's the uh, son of uh, – uh, Todd Bowles up there in the NFL defensive coordinator. So, hmm, pretty. I mean, anytime you have an NFL coaches, son, you you know he's going to be a you know off the charts football IQ guy. Yeah, I want to let me ask you, and we're going to get to camp questions here. Uh, and it's I just want to ask you why you're talking about all these guys. Is there one up front there, especially that? I don't know. You've got penciled in as the dude, you know, because when you always think about some of these great defenses Georgia has, mm-hmm. you know, they, they spend 10, 15 minutes talking about a guy that's just a force to be reckoned with. And there's a lot of talent on that side. But I'm just curious, who's the one guy that you think steps up with this team uh, to become the dude that everyone that every offense needs to keep their eye on? 
It'll probably be uh, Michael Williams, the sophomore defensive lineman who's leading uh, returning sack artist because, yeah. you know, it's so hard as a freshman to come in and make an impact, particularly on a team that's going back-to-back national champions, yet he did that. Now, yeah. I don't know they got another Jalen Carter. That guy was just one of a right. kind. But I didn't – honestly, I didn't know who Jalen Carter was the – first championship i mean he was a backup you know what i mean and then yeah then everyone was saying my god this backup's the best damn lineman they got and they were right <laughs> so i mean george is so loaded that it's guys that we may not even be circling right now could emerge i know travon right. walker former number one overall pick to the jaguars he's another one i mean i knew who he was but i i mean never in a million years would i have guessed oh yeah that's a former or future number one overall pick so i mean they they develop there's it's yeah. just so loaded down here. Yeah. Now, kicker, a little bit of a question mark, Shane. Uh Jared Zirkles, one for one in his career. I, I told you they added the uh number one kick high school kicker, Peyton Woodring, so add him into the mix. I don't I don't know if he'll be ready as a true freshman, but he's number one for a reason. And then yeah. punter is back, Brett Thornton. Where's he from, Shane? Australia. <laughs> What are the we, land down under. Are we not making putters <laughs> in America anymore? That's just a little pet peeve about me. Hell, everybody's got an Aussie punter. But Brett Thornton is awesome. Forty-five yards per punt last season. So, uh, yeah, we don't we don't need a kicker at Georgia. No. All we do is score touchdowns. I wonder, Mike, in that island over there, because that's basically <laughs> what it is. If they're saying, you know, in high school, you know, I, what what are your dreams? What's your ambition? And he's like, I just want to get, I want to go to America. And it says, well, can you kick? <laughs> because if you can, I've got a job for you. So I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. I would, I'm sure there's a documentary out there talking about all these Aussies uh, kicking the football. I just mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet. Well, yeah, I saw something years ago, back when college game day was really good. <laughs> they had a, a speech, uh, some kind of special about some academy they have out there where they tra- – I guess they find the best kickers in the country and they train them and for the sole purpose of coming to America, earning a college scholarship. So I assume it's that. And, and I guess the word's out and hmm. – the entire SEC just scouts this damn kicking school down in Australia or something. It's like the IMG of kicking over there in Australia. <laughs> All right, Shane, top 10 dogs. I've already tipped my hand. Brock Bowers, 99. I, th- I believe he's the only second 99 yeah. I've given out during our entire fall camp series. 98, Shane Javon Bullard, the outstanding safety, yep. so not far off. Malachi Starks, 97. That's pretty damn high for a sophomore. I think that's the highest I've given. Well, maybe Junkins. Junkins and then Starks. I mean, neck and neck, best sophomores right. in the country. 97, the outstanding center, Cedric Van Pran. 96, that defense alignment, Michael Williams. 96, linebacker. I just want to pause for a uh-huh. second. I asked you for the dude. You give me a dude, and he's five on the list here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> oh, sorry. Number 96 or 96 overall, linebacker, Jamon Dumas-Johnson. 95, receiver, Lad McConkey. 95, receiver, Dominic Lovett. 94, offensive lineman, Amarius Mims. Not even a starter. Last year, but I think mm-hmm. he's going to be that good. And then 94, linebacker, Smile, Munden. 
could have added about 20 more guys being a top right. 10. But this is the Georgia Bulldog, Shane, and uh, depth depth is uh, just insane on this roster. It is, and, and I think that's the, the, the fun part about this team is, is you're right, halfway through the season – there's probably three or four names that wasn't on that list that clearly is going to be over 92, 93, you know? Right, right. So biggest camp questions, Shane. I have two, actually. And it's not a major concern, but I do think it's something that's being a little bit overlooked. And it's just the fact that we got a new quarterback, mm-hmm. two new offensive tackles in the starting lineup, and a new offensive coordinator. Now, yeah. I personally, I got confidence, clearly, in all those pieces. But it's – one thing to sit here and just say it, it's another to go out there and execute. And, I mean, these are critical, critical positions, quarterback, offensive tackle, and offensive coordinator, obviously. So how do the, how does that gel together with this entire team? That is kind of the biggest question mark I have with the Georgia Bulldogs. And then the other one, you know, we can't even really answer this, but getting up for the challenge when you're on top, when everybody's chasing you, and a lot of these guys, you know, they were on the team the last couple of years, but they weren't, not all of them, uh, were not the prime players. So, yeah, you know, how do they respond to being the hunted when they were maybe not the primary reason that uh, Georgia's winning these titles? That is going to be uh, something to monitor this fall with Georgia, I think. Yeah, I think that's kind of going with my question. Um, you know, Stetson Bennett was – was, I mean, I think we'll realize how good of a player he was 10 years from now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not only was he just a good quarterback, but he, he was a good team leader. He, you know, he had good presence on the field. I mean, he had complete control of that, of that team. And, and something Kirby talked about last year in SEC media days uh, was, was trying to create a new identity for this team last year. You know, when you win a national championship – you know, all a lot of those guys go to the pros, and then you got another team here, and you don't want to live in the shadow of the team prior to you. You know, so this won't be the first time that he's had to do that. You know, but to create a new identity, it's a little bit easier when you got a quarterback like Stetson Bennett that's been at both of those. You know, you got you got to find new leaders on that offense. So I want to see who emerges. I want to see if, if Beck's the guy, how well does he take over that, that locker room and that huddle? Uh, because sometimes, you know, when, when the shit hits the fan, your back's against the wall, you need a dude out there that can just look these kids in the eyes and say, Hey, I got you, you know? So being, being fresh on this, you know, under the lights, you, you don't, you can't afford the luxury of waiting to see that. Not that Georgia is going to have any problems getting through this schedule, especially right out of the gate. But how that's that's what I'm looking for here, Mike, is just leadership on that offensive side. Yeah, because it's so easy to sit here, Shane, and say, oh, Carson Beck will be fine. He's going to throw for 3,000 yeah. yards, 30 touchdowns. But what happens the first time we go on the road and maybe we're down 14-0 to at Auburn? And, and maybe it's because yeah. of special teams. You know, maybe they block a punt. Maybe, you know, a defensive back falls down. And then mm-hmm. how the hell Auburn's up 14? It's not that we can't recover from that. 
But how does how does he respond to that challenge? Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's just one example I can think of. I mean, Florida, maybe Florida's got some trick plays and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, we're not in Athens. We're, we're neutral field. Jacksonville. How does he handle that environment? Right. On and on and on. I mean, there's there's many different challenges that uh, we just we don't know how he'll respond to a tough situation. Right. And and sitting here, Shane, when really if we're talking about adversity, I mean, it's different for everybody. Right. But. What if they beat South Carolina by like ten? George Bulldogs, what the hell's the matter with us? We we yeah. suck, and I'm like, you just won by ten points, but it's like, yeah, no, we're used to winning by forty. Why aren't we winning by forty? Does that creep in? You know, th- yeah. it, it could be anything like that. So um, that maybe the quarterback competition is legit, you know. Right. And 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 the crazy thing about college football, Mike, is there's not a perfect recipe. What worked last year for this team is not going to work this year. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it college football is constantly evolving. Anything you're doing, there's coaches out there. If you're successful, there's coaches out there mimicking it and learning on ways to slow it down or stop it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I you cannot be you cannot be stale stagnant you've got to keep moving i I love when nick saban talks about you you never reach the peak of the mountain you are constantly climbing those that feel like they've reached the peak are the ones that are going to fail and and i think that's where and i know this is crazy talk we're talking two-time national champ we're nitpicking here but the dream can't end the dream can can go sideways, and it only takes a couple of, of pieces. It's mainly complacency. That's that's the problem that you see with a lot of these programs that are doing great, great, great. They're being told they're great all the time, but then when they hit something, like you said, South Carolina, and, and there's a, a damn fourteen yard swing that you aren't expecting. How do they react? How do they answer that? Do they fold? Do they do they? Str- I mean, you, you're talking. How many times has this team ever been down? So right. this may be new. Some of these kids have never lost a football game probably. You know, they went to high school undefeated. They're up here in Georgia undefeated. So I, I, I think it's tough to coach that. But they do got a guy in Kirby Smart that is compl- – I mean, you talked about there's no one more locked into this guy sometimes, I think. Uh, but it's just – I don't know. It's just fun to talk about, uh, and, and and we're going to get to see it. But what what happens when a little mistake happens, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Schedule, breakdown, win, loss, or toss-up. We do, we've done this for every team, Shane. Oh, my gosh. I just saw it. But this is going to be the <laughs> quickest win-loss toss we've done. I mean, let's keep it real. Games unlikely to win for Georgia? None. Same as Bama. Games that are toss-ups, none, in my opinion, shape. So, yeah. I mean, am, am I wrong? Is there is there a game or two that you that maybe you put into the toss category? What what do you think? No, I, I'm I'm with you here, Mike. And and you gotta remember, this is from a Georgia fan perspective, a diehard Georgia fan perspective, knowing what you got, knowing what you can be knowing what you've done the last couple of years, there's no one on that schedule that you're really worried about. Now, there's some that you're like, okay, we got to bring her A game when we play Tennessee. we got to bring her A game maybe when we play Kentucky or Missouri, you know, or even South Carolina. I mean, you could you can make scenarios in your mind uh, on why this one should be a little bit more important than, let's say, Ball State. But I, I, I don't think there is one team on here 
that a Georgia fan is afraid of. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go through the, the schedule game by game real quick with our game predictions. This may be quick, but we still got to do it, Shane, and particularly right out of the game. <laughs> Wait, are we? We're, yeah, I guess we're skipping all that stuff. Yeah, this, this pod's shorter when we talk about <laughs> Georgia, so we're getting right to it, huh? Well, I mean, yeah, particularly Who right. Who the hell are these birds? I, I don't know that logo. What is that? <laughs> that's UT Martin, Shane. That's the the other oh, Tennessee okay. that that Alabama skipped this year. They they're not playing UT Martin, but Georgia is. That's that's probably why they're not uh, uh, getting Alabama as well. But I mean, what kind of mascot is that? Is he got glasses? Some kind of bird, I think. It looks like a. I like think it's a skyhawk or something. Oh, okay, I see it. Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> well the skyhawks are gonna. <laughs> the sky home yeah. pretty damn quick you know what yeah, i mean that's right i mean georgia could score 100 points in this game if they wanted oh how much are they getting paid to show up <laughs> put it all to graphic design to come up with that logo didn't they <laughs> all right week two another home game shane ball state <laughs> yeah Jeez. I, I, I mean this is another 50 60 point ball game if georgia wants it to be but pause it here for a second this is this is perfect if you're – I mean, if you're a Georgia – if you like entertainment, you hate this. You know, you want to see better games. I enjoyed Oregon right out of the gate last year. But new quarterback, new OC, you know, couple new faces. This is what you want, a couple of tune-up games before you start getting into conference play. Mm-hmm. South Carolina, third game. Now we're getting a little bit serious. Spencer Rattler, Juice Wells, maybe they get hot. They can make it competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I was the idiot last offseason that said South Carolina would beat Georgia, so no chance in hell I'm saying that again, Shane. Give me the dogs, but uh, this will be the first true test of the season. Yeah, first true test. Um, I don't think it will be much of one, but uh, it is at home. that um, They open up four games at home, so I, I think we're fine here. But, yeah, you're starting to warm up a little bit here. Mm-hmm. And then we're warming back down because UAB's <laughs> coming to town. <laughs> and you ain't winning. So, uh, yeah, this one this one is a is a laugher as well, brother. I Again, I, I would love nothing more than these games to get, get off our schedule, but I understand why they do it. Right. Now, here's where we get serious, Shane. Rivalry game. Hugh Freeze and company welcomes Georgia Bulldogs' first road game. So it could be tricky. Uh, an entirely new offense, uh, new scheme, and new players. So everything new for the Auburn Tigers. Will they be able to test Georgia? Hugh Freeze, known for some upsets, Shane. And this is my first upset on the board, Shane. Give me Auburn to pull off an epic, epic <laughs> shocker here. I, I like Auburn. To what? Beat Georgia. No, shut up. What are you doing? Are you? Is this something you're going to edit out later when I'm not paying attention? Any response to that, Shane? Auburn beating Georgia? Yep. Yeah, that's not happening. It's not. They they won't. They will never have a lead in this game, Mike. Mm. Okay. They won't. They may not score a point in this game, Mike. Okay. And you're going to say an upset? Are you serious? Yeah, I think I think so. I think I think Hugh Freeze and company got. Remember, I'm already saying eight nine. 10 wins, not 10 wins, but 8-9 season for Auburn. I I think they're going to be pretty good. You're full of shit, Mike. There's no way. All right, next week, Shane, Kentucky. Remember, Kentucky. Wait, Mike, you really are. You really think Auburn's going to beat Georgia? Kentucky comes to town, Shane. Again, this is the team that I I am – 
I'm on there on them right now, Shane. I think Kentucky could be a nine, ten win contender. Only reason I don't really think they'll be a a true East threat this year is because they got to go to Athens because Alabama's on their schedule and, and of course Tennessee and the rest. So Kentucky, very dangerous game. Give me Kentucky, Shane. Fucking <laughs> nuts, Mike. Uh, no, give me Georgia big here. That's that's where I'm going. So you can keep living in fantasy land. All right, but we'll get back to the winning ways the following week, Shane. At Vanderbilt, it'll be a Georgia takeover with the stands 99.9% Bulldog fans. They'll be out hunting me in Nashville, Tennessee after this pod. Vanderbilt, that, that's an easy win. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Easy win, brother. Easy win. Going to have a ton of fun. A lot of alcohol up there now. So, yeah, maybe they'll have another Beyonce concert going around. Hey, real quick, we're going to be at the – what is it again? Bearded, Bearded Iris. Iris. July Bearded. 15th, yes. 3 to 6 uh, Central Time, Saturday before SEC Media Day. So, if you're coming out to Media Days here in Nashville, come hang out 3 to 6 Central Time, Bearded Iris on i think it's van ness right near uh top golf I'll, th- I'll throw up the address on the screen here while we're talking about it but that'll be a good time right there hey oh yeah and them georgia fans we'll have some beer and we'll talk about how dumb mike's picks were here in the off season <laughs> <laughs> all right following week big rivalry shane florida in jacksonville man billy's gonna need this one shane billy napier i think he's gonna need a he's gonna need an upset like this, he's going to need an upset somewhere to keep that fan base engaged, to keep that recruiting class. I, th- You can never overlook a rivalry game, Shane. Give me the Gators in this one. <laughs> Damn, Mike. Uh, no, I, again, not even close. But I'm with you. Billy does need it. Florida does need it. Uh, they've got some pretty cool shit going on right now. I mean, save some recruits for the rest of us there, Billy. But uh, I tell you, them recruits, they don't grow up that quick, Mike. I got another huge loss here. All right, and then the following week, Shane, Missouri at home. This is the team that gave you trouble last year, of course, well-documented. So I think Georgia and company will take them a lot more serious this time around. We do think Missouri could be very good. Shane said maybe even 10 wins this season. I think that's true. But because last year was close, give me them dogs in an easy, easy victory. Yeah, I think that's the the, the problem was that you did play them close. Um, the game's going to be a little bit personal. I'm sure Love It will be active in the locker room leading up to this thing. Uh, yeah, I like Georgia, but again, this is a good team. Can't overlook them like you did last year, or it's going to stay close. But I just think that. You've gave Kirby material. So yep. a lot of yelling in the locker room during that week of practice. So give me Georgia Bulldogs again, pretty big. Now, very tricky game right here, Shane. Ole Miss comes to trap town. game. Well, yeah, yeah, trap game. And again, the only team Kirby's not beaten in the SEC. Quidja Junkins, best running back in the SEC, perhaps. Rocket Sanders, I think the only other running back that can contend with that. Jackson Dart, will he take that big next step? Pete Golding, defensive coordinator. Kirby ain't beat Ole Miss, Shane. He ain't doing it this season. <laughs> oh, and two. Give me Ole Miss. So I think it's a trap game. They'll be looking ahead to Tennessee. 
<laughs> Kirby. Oh my gosh, Lane Lane paid you for this one, didn't he? He's he's giving you money under the table. So wait, did you say Ole Miss wins, right? Yes, sir. Jeez, you're crazy, Mike. This is this was my trap game. This is the one I was worried about for Georgia, out of all the games on here, because I'm afraid they're looking ahead to Tennessee. Um, I do like some of the – I love the weapons at Ole Miss. I, I think they have the ability – you saw it with Alabama last year. They have the ability to turn it on and and play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. And, and Georgia is a big boy, obviously. But uh, at this point, man, you may be coming off a, a close game again with Mizzou. I just cannot – I cannot predict Ole Miss like you to pull off the upset here. So, again, Georgia remains undefeated. Mm. Okay, the big one, Shane. On the road at Tennessee could be the game that decides the East, could be a game that decides a college football playoff spot. Dominated them Vols last season in the rain, as Shane likes to point out. It, it, <laughs> it was not as close as the final score indicated. I think that game – Fuels Tennessee all offseason, Shane. This is the one Josh Heupel gets Kirby and company. Give me them balls. Damn, look at you, man. Kirby barely bowl eligible with your record here. Uh, Mike, I I am one of those that thought we had a shot last year uh, as a Tennessee Vol fan, and you are correct. I think the the rain was a huge impact, not so much the noise. Um and again, I'd love to, I mean, it's in Neyland. I'd love to get this one as I'm, but I'm a Georgia Homer today. So I'm looking at that power T and I'm like, Hey, we are dialed in and we're going to kick some ass. So give me Georgia again with another, another victory. Now you're looking at 11 and 0. So f- the finale, Shane at Georgia tech, they lost. If you say Georgia, Georgia tech, tech, Mike, tech, I'm hanging up in Kirby's first year. I don't think as long as Kirby's there, Shane, they're ever losing to Georgia Tech again. Give me them dogs. Easy win here. Jeez, Mike. Uh, yeah, I think all three quarterbacks get play in this game. It's over. Georgia Bulldogs with another one. Undefeated. The streak continues. Oh, you know what I forgot to tell you, Shane? What's that, Mike? I, I was picking against the spread. Come on, dogs are going undefeated. Come on for second year in a row. Undefeated. Try to mix it up. Try to be. I don't want to just so win, 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 win. So hell yeah, undefeated. Kirby and company. Remember they wanted last year. They were saying seven and five. I was trying to figure out a way to get them to seven and five this year. The only way it happens is against the spread. Give me the dogs. Oh. Twelve and zero. Oh. I wonder how many turned off already. You know what I'm saying? Like Mike's done lost his. He skipped Bayless all of a sudden. You know he's just looking for likes. You know. Well, I just thought it'd be hey. boring if we just sat here and said win, win, win. Well, you know hey, I mean? let's make it interesting here, Mike. I want to make it interesting here for a second. Let's just pretend because again, we we me and you are on record here saying Georgia goes undefeated. You know, looking at this schedule as a Georgia fan. Yep. And there are no tosses, there are no losses, but there are also some teams in the SEC that are not listed here. So I want to ask you three questions, Mike. Mm-hmm. If they played September 23rd at College Station, would you have win, loss, or toss there? Win, I think, yeah. Okay. If you had October 7th and Death Valley at night <laughs> against LSU, win, loss, or toss? Toss. 
toss. Okay. All right, man. And if November 25th, we realize Georgia Tech will never be a threat to Georgia and they never have to play them again because it's a stupid game. <laughs> and we replaced it with Alabama in Alabama on a Sunday night. <laughs> let's just really get – let's get wild, Mike. Win, loss, or toss, who would you have? I would maybe say loss in Tuscaloosa only. Just really, I mean, it, even it'd probably be a toss, but maybe I, a toss. I, okay. I just think, I just think that would mean, you know, the Alabama. I, I'm on record, Shane. I think they're they're in decline. That doesn't mean they're bad. I mean, they may be the second yeah. best team in the country, but they're used to being number one. Uh, I think that that would be their Super Bowl. I think they put everything into it, and considering you know East and West. They'd meet again the following week in Atlanta I'd, yeah. on a neutral field. Give me Georgia. I don't know. Hell, it'd probably toss. But I'm I'm trying to I'm just trying to I'm trying to think of the one know, scenario where Georgia could could possibly lose. I think it's maybe on the road at Bama in the regular season. I th- that's the only way. Okay. All right. One last question, Mike. I want to just I'm just curious because we've all we all got those those man. I hope we should win, but. Let's don't overlook this team. Is there is there one on there that's currently on their schedule that you're like, if I'm worried about any game, it's going to be this one. You know what's interesting, Shane? Both those games, for me, are at home. So it, we don't have to worry as much. But it is, it's Kentucky yeah. and it's Ole Miss. I think those are the two most dangerous games on the schedule because I think Kentucky is going to be so good. Because Ole Miss is so hard to read. Ole Miss may not be good. I mean, they they got a hell of yeah. a slate. They may they may only go eight and four, seven and five. But if it is that bad, it's because of the schedule, and, and you know maybe they lose two or three scores or games by one or two points or something like that. But Kentucky is the one I'm watching for. And again, it's in Athens, so yeah. very unrealistic that Georgia loses or or even comes close. If that was in Lexington, if that game was in Oxford much more on my radar as possible upsets, but I can't I can't think of an upset here, can you? No, me either. Not man. even Tennessee at Tennessee. I mean, that's the easy Joe answer. Milton, that's Heisman that's where, that's where we're all gonna go, but you know, but if it's talking heads, just don't talk about it. Tennessee <laughs> sneaking around and behind the heads just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody. We'll be lucky to fill that stadium up during that game, Mike. <laughs> well, buddy, another successful fall camp preview in the books. Maybe if uh, if you turned off, maybe they'll turn back on to this point for me to apologize. Just trying to have some fun. Give me the undefeated Bulldog season once again, back to back, and maybe a three time. National yeah, champion. I mean, Mike. Yeah, I think if you're, if it, I mean, true, true diehard fan, you're looking at three Pete. You are going to yeah. be the team to get the three in a row. Yep. Uh, that means you can never take your foot off the gas. That means you got to keep coming with it, and and this team can. I mean, that schedule it's teed up nicely, brother. Teed up real nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the cousins out there. We'll catch you on the next one. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Go dogs. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.